Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is August 12th, 2021, and our first story. Joe Biden's approval rating continues to fall as a new poll shows nearly 80% blame him for the inflation crisis. The economy is not doing well. And I personally believe it is the fault of democratic policies. But we can take a look at how the media lies to people. In one story, their arrogance and ignorance comes on full display. You're going to love this one. I fact check and I prove them wrong. I actually did the groundwork. In our next story, Steve Bannon was right when he told me that parents were going to erupt when they saw what schools were doing to their kids. Parents outside of a school board meeting were screaming at people, yelling at them about their mask mandates. I can only imagine what will happen in the coming days as more and more parents see what's happening. And in our last story, Mike Lindell's own cybersecurity expert says the data they have does not back up the claim that China hacked the election. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean all of his claims are out the window, just the China hacking one. But I'm sorry to say that many people fall for this stuff. But let's go through the data and see what's going on. Before we get started, if you like the show, give us a good review. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Joe Biden's approval rating continues to drop as a new poll shows nearly 80% of Americans blame Joe Biden for the inflation surge. And prices are going up. We're seeing it across the board. Shake Shack, the burger joint, announced they'll be increasing prices. Tyson Meats announced they will be increasing prices as well. And of course, this circles back to every aspect of commodities and resources. Gas prices are going up, which in turn will drive labor prices to go up at a time when the Biden administration and the Democrats are pushing for more unemployment stimulus checks while they're pushing this illegal eviction moratorium, creating a labor shortage. Everything the Biden administration is doing is exacerbating the economic crisis. And of course, my friends, this would not be a Timcast video if I was not here to criticize the media, because of course, Elements of the media are doing everything in their power to defend Joe Biden. I even see it from the Wall Street Journal periodically where they say, well, Biden's policies may be bad. The economy is doing better than ever. It's recovering. You see, they're saying inflation is just a natural component of economic recovery. Never mind you, the four million people who quit their jobs in April amid what they're calling the great resignation. And still, many of these more left-leaning outlets are encouraging people to quit their jobs. How could the economy be improving and recovering 
when we have more job openings now than people who can fill them. Again, I know people might argue, see, it shows they're trying to expand and they can't even do that. No, it shows 4 million people quit their jobs in April. A survey from Microsoft found that 41% of people are planning on leaving their jobs or changing careers. The economy, I'm sorry, is not doing, doing well, but you see it in the media. And this is why Democrats just blindly believe the economy is doing well. Now, net support, or I should say net good in the economic polling from civics shows most people view the economy as doing bad. But I'm going to get specific now on these media smears because I got a good one for you. You see, I actually do journalism here over at Timcast. And as much as the smear machine would try to claim that I don't, we have a very, well, rather hilarious story, actually, which exemplifies something I've been trying to express for a long time. The arrogance of establishment Democrat personalities, their ignorance combined with their arrogance, arrogance is hurting this country to an extreme degree. These are the influencers who write news that, that are just they're just not smart enough to do their job. Midwits, as it were, I suppose. The story comes from Republicans who put out a who just tweeted a link to a story where a man says that he spends two hundred dollars more per week in mayonnaise alone for his restaurant. The immediate reaction from the Independent, from the Huffington Post, and from many of these personalities, including Vox personalities, is that there's no way he's spending that much money on mayonnaise. He must be lying. The Republicans are crazy. So I called the restaurant and asked them to break down their numbers. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And he broke down the numbers. And uh, you see, these people don't run businesses. They've never worked in the restaurant industry. They don't understand the amount of mayonnaise or meat a restaurant might use and why it's so expensive especially amid this inflation. They also don't eat, seem to understand that just because the consumer price in, uh, index shows a 5.4% increase, that doesn't mean mayonnaise alone went up 5%. In fact, as I'm told by this local restaurant, it doubled in cost. And that's going to affect everything. More importantly, the restaurant told me their meats, their beef is double. Their chicken is up 40 to 50%. And they may actually now be losing money on serving chicken to people. Will this business be able to survive amid these, this explosion in prices? Surely only if they raise the prices at their restaurant across the board. The Republicans were right on this one. And the media is lying to you. And I'm going to prove it. I actually did the journalism. Let's talk about what the American people think. Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get an ad-free experience on all of our articles, as well as support our journalists and get access to our members-only section, which has exclusive, uh, exclusive episodes of the TimCast IRL podcast. Also, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to this channel, and please share this with your friends. Can I just, I really, please... If, if anything, I know the Democrat uh, people who watch CNN, they don't, they don't want to watch this stuff. They, they accuse me of being fake news and whatever. And I love the response of the like, Tim Pool actually doing journalism. I make phone calls for comment all the time. But because I don't play recordings of it, they're like, Tim Pool certainly is not doing fact checking. What, what, what do you think I have to do to make sure I'm vetting the articles to the best of my abilities? You can disagree with my opinions, but I always use NewsGuard certified sources for the news. In this instance, I personally called the restaurant, but I digress. Let's first check out this poll and look at what people are starting to think, because I will tell you as we move into 2022, this is bad news for Democrats and good news for Republicans. And if Democrats don't want to hear it, it will just hurt them in the long run. You need to confront where you're screwing up. 
The New York Post says nearly 80% of Americans blame Biden for inflation surge. About 70% of Americans say the national economy is in bad shape. And the majority, 86%, are concerned about inflation, according to the Fox News poll released Wednesday. Of those polled, 86% blame the pandemic for increasing prices, and 79% blame the Biden administration's economic policies. I assume that means they consider to be both playing a role in this. Personally, I agree with that. I think the pandemic is to blame. I'm not going to blame Biden or Trump for, for an act of nature. But I will say that Joe Biden's policies have exacerbated the problem to a great degree. The surging cost of groceries and gas are causing financial hardship for 70% of people with incomes of less than $50,000. Over 50% of those who earn $100,000 say price increases have also been tough on them. Quote, the degree to which lower income households are feeling the squeeze on food and fuel is striking, if not surprising, and highlights the risk that inflation could push families on the brink over the financial edge, said pollster Chris Anderson. The poll conducted by Beacon Research and Shaw and Company Research was carried out between August 7th and 10. It polled 1,002 randomly selected registered voters across the country. It comes as inflation continued to surge in July, with the Labor Department's consumer price index jumping 5.4% compared to last year. Consumer prices, which measure a basket of goods and services as well as energy and food costs, rose 0.5% from the month prior, the Labor Department said. Food prices were up 0.7% in July from the prior month and 3.4% from a year ago, according to the data. The cost of meat surged with frankfurters and various cuts of pork up 4.8% and 4.4% respectively from June. The price of eggs also increased 1.6% from the month prior. Gasoline rose 2.4% from May and is up almost 42% from a year ago. So yeah, look, I understand Trump was present during a lot of this. Trump's 15 days to slow the spread. He played a role in this as well. Joe Biden is now the president. I don't care if you want to complain about Trump all day and night. I want to talk about what Joe Biden should or could be doing to alleviate these problems. And I will tell you, I don't think he's doing anything. I think he's making it worse. I think what he is doing, he's not doing anything to, to, to resolve this issue. What he's doing does make it worse. Now, check this out. Over at Civics, Joe Biden's favorable rating currently sits at 51% unfavorable, slightly going up. Now, this is mostly driven uh, by independent voters as Democrats and Republicans basically drew the line a long time ago. Democrats like the guy. Republicans don't like the guy. But independents have long not liked the guy. Interestingly, you know, going back before he was president, his unfavorability was much higher. His unfavorability went to its lowest point when he became president, still with 54 percent viewing him unfavorably. It's now at 59 percent. So yeah, people are not happy with uh, Joe Biden. And that's among independents, to clarify. Now, among the economy, this one I find truly fascinating. I just showed you the new poll from Fox, New York Post reporting, that 80 percent of people say it's Biden's fault. The majority say that the economy is in bad shape. It is COVID, but it's also his policies. Well, this is interesting. According to civics polling, the plurality of, of people polled think that the economy is doing fairly good. Strange. 36% say fairly good. 30% say fairly bad. And 23% say very bad. Now, the important factor here, I think, is the net good, meaning Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. 
the American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com slash Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Of the, just because there's a, a large group saying it's fairly good, it doesn't mean that most people think it is good. It actually shows that between very bad and fairly bad, there is a net 13% view of the economy. So it's viewed rather unfavorably by the American people. That trend line is very important. But of course, as I've shown you, among Democrats, you see 58% believe the economy is doing well. And the amazing thing is they started to believe that as soon as Joe Biden got elected. I'm sorry, my friends. Whoever these people are, I'm going to show you why they are being driven mad. And if you are someone who thinks the economy is good, after everything you've seen, that I don't know what to tell you. But I'm, I'm, I'm here to say you are being lied to. I am also here to say it is amazing to me that there are Democrats who thought the economy was bad until Joe Biden got elected. That, to me, is insane. Among Re- Republican voters... They mostly think the economy is very bad and fairly bad. 17% say fairly good, but 39% say very bad and another 39% say, uh, say fairly bad. Among independent voters, they say 33% say fairly bad, 30% say fairly good, and 27% say very bad, meaning the net good among independents is negative 27, greater than all political parties combined. Inflation is here. This is from CNN. I'm going to show you this now to prove, to make sure you understand inflation is real. The economy is not doing well. There is a labor shortage, a trucker shortage, gas prices going up. Some outlets are trying to say that's a sign of recovery. Great. When, that, that maybe it's a sign of recovery, but for now it hurts. It hurts working class people and retirees, people on fixed incomes and people who aren't getting a pay raise. So if you are a Democrat and you think there should be a higher minimum wage, let me explain to you that people aren't getting that wage increase and their food costs more money. That is not a good economy. CNN says America's soaring price hikes moderated last month, signaling that inflation may have peaked, but investors should pay heed to another trend, the spread of higher prices across more sectors of the economy. What's happening? Consumer price inflation remained elevated in July, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Prices rose 5.4% from a year earlier, flat compared with June when the index had a 13-year high. On a monthly basis, however, prices rose 0.5% in July, a major slowdown from 0.9% growth in June and the weakest pace since February. But drill down into the data. While some of the major drivers of previous spikes just used car prices eased last month, the cost of other goods, including medical care, housing and food in grocery stores at rest- and at restaurants, climbed. Quote, the annual rate of inflation has seemingly peaked, but the details show a broadening out of, pre- of price pressures. Chief international economist at ING, James Knightley, wrote in a note to clients. This indicates inflation is likely to be more persistent and pervasive than predicted by the Federal Reserve. Economics 101. 
The latest inflation reading doesn't change the fact that America's stimulus-fueled economy is booming. According to Knightley, demand is outpacing the supply capacity of the economy, given the scarring the pandemic has caused as evidence in production of bottlenecks and labor shortages. Competition for workers is placing upward pressure on wages, while record low levels of raw material supply, order backlogs, and extended delivery times are adding further stress to supply chains. Costs are increasing throughout the economy, and the strength of demand means that companies have a sense of more pricing power than they ever experienced in years. This is what I was, I was telling you. They're saying it's, it's a sign of recovery. Okay, maybe the case. But for now, it's hurting. So maybe, maybe in the long run, things will improve. And Joe Biden extending the uh, or, or defending, Democrats defending the, the uh, unemployment bonus checks, as well as the illegal eviction moratorium. Yes, the Supreme Court ruled that it was un, it, it, they did not have the authority to do so. It is illegal. Maybe those things in the long run will be okay, I suppose. I don't believe the ends justify the means, though. And perhaps there's no other solution, but I can tell you this right now. It is right to say that this is Biden's policy taking effect. I don't know what to say. It's, it's not an easy solution. I'm not going to pretend to be a president who can tell you how to solve all these problems, but I kind of feel like one simple solution to the economic crisis is slowly wean people off the free money. People who are in unemployment should not just stay on for a year and then get cut off. They should stay on for nine months and then taper off over three. Give them time where you're still supporting them, but slowly take away the money so that they can start looking for work and not get the rug pulled out from underneath them. I don't want people to go broke or be hungry or lose their homes. But I'll tell you this, with a labor shortage, you will see more jobs available than workers available. And that's what we have. You're seeing the great resignation, 4 million people quitting in April, more to come. So yes, they can argue that it's great because demand is outpacing supply. What they don't realize is supply is shrinking which means demand will, will, will remain really, really high. You see, here's, what, here's what's happening. Demand, in my opinion, isn't going up because more people want stuff. Demand, I think, is basically where it is, but more people are quitting, creating the illusion that demand is going up. I mean, I think demand is going up, but when you combine this with the mass resignations, man, we are in trouble, my friends. But let's talk about how the media is lying to you. Because you probably know they are. Uh, if you watch my content, you'll hear me talk about it all the time. But I always bring the receipts, my friends. I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'd like to bring you now to local news. WXII NBC 12. Colette Stein, multimedia journalist, says Winston-Salem restaurants struggling due to inflation caused by pandemic. Now, in fact, this story is pretty good. Colette has done a pretty good job highlighting the Sherwood. The story says, Family-owned restaurants are seeing an increase in prices for the necessities needed to run their businesses. WXII spoke with the owner of the Sherwood, a family-owned restaurant in Winston-Salem, Pete Straits, to find out how much trouble inflation has caused. He says that an increase in prices has put his business in a difficult situation. Quote, you can only offset so much in this business, and it seems like every year you lose here and you lose there. I will give you an example. I'm paying $200 more a week in mayonnaise, says Straits. The price index is up by 5.4%. The Labor Department says it's the fastest pace in 13 years. Straits says this is causing small businesses to have a hard time keeping up with adjustments. Experts blame inflated prices on high demand due to the pandemic. The ex the ex they, ex they expect inflation pressures to ease with time. Straits says he hopes this is the case, but he does not believe prices will ever return to where they once were. And I believe Straits is correct now. 
Why is this story relevant? Well, it's very, very simple in very a small amount of words. Colette simply called a local restaurant, asked them for their opinion. The restaurant owner says mayonnaise is through the roof. $200 more in mayonnaise. Which brings us to a tweet from the North Carolina Republican Party. They simply quoted the statement, but they added, Bidenflation strikes Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Quote, I am paying $200 more a week in mayonnaise. Oh, my friends, tell me you don't work in the restaurant industry without telling me you don't work in the restaurant industry. Have you seen the meme? Basically, say something so wrong, I'll understand you have no idea what is going on with this industry. One of the first responses you see from this, first of all, the NCGOP is ratioed. That means there are more comments replying to it than retweets. But the story is true. I fact checked it. Let me first show you the fake news lying, mostly due to their inability to fact check. They're not journalists. They don't make phone calls. They don't get comments. They don't run the data. And then they mock and ridicule while claiming to be the real news. Here we have Tom Gara verified. They, he said, uh, through meditation, I program my heart to uh, beat, break beats and hum bass lines. Works at Facebook. Works at Facebook. Well, as you know, Facebook is often uh, uh, fact checking and silencing people. He said, cranking through like 10 to 20 of these 30 pound buckets of mayo each week at your small family restaurant in Winston-Salem. That's the way of life that Biden wants to destroy. And then he shows craft ha- extra heavy mayo, 30 pound pail. And then we get this. From the Independent, GOP ridiculed for bizarre Biden mayonnaise smear. Something might be happening with mayo consumption in North Carolina. I already know that bunch, a bunch of you watching this right now probably work at restaurants. You probably know exactly how much mayonnaise gets used based on restaurant capacity. And you're probably confused as to what these media outlets are saying because they clearly didn't even call anybody and ask them. First, let me read what they say. The payoff will be worth it if I let the suspense build. The Independent says something might be happening with mayo consumption. Twitter users are ridiculing North Carolina Republicans for a bizarre attack on Joe Biden over inflation and condiments. The state party tweeted a link to a local news story about inflationary pressures on family run restaurants, oddly choosing to highlight a line about one business owner claiming to spend an extra $200 per week on mayonnaise. Naturally, the local GOP blamed the restaurant's predicament on the president. Biden inflation strikes again. The linked news item from NBC affiliate WXII explains that experts blamed the inflated prices on high demand due to the pandemic. The White House says the inflationary pressures are expected to ease with time as the economy stabilizes after 18 months of lockdowns and forced closures and supply chain issues. The price index is up 5.4%. Quick calculations by some Twitter users found that for there to be an increase in expenditure of $200 a week on mayonnaise, a restaurant would have to be spending approximately $3,700 each week on the condiment. A search of North Carolina wholesale restaurant suppliers shows that mayonnaise ranges from about $10 per gallon for AAK to $11 for Dukes from neighboring South Carolina and $15 for Hellman's. Here's the best part. What's this math? You see, they tried claiming if the price index is up 5.4%, That means $200 being 5.4% means they're spending $3,700 on mayonnaise each each week because these people think the consumer price index literally tracks every single product. No, mayonnaise has gone up in price according to the restaurant. Now, maybe they're wrong, but at the very least, I call them to get a comment. But again, the payoff will be well worth it because we've got some tweets. Taking the high end price, 
This comes to an impressively extravagant 247 gallons of mayo each week. Using the low end, it is nauseatingly gluttonous 370 gallons of condiment, even for someone who loves mayo. Somebody's eating way too much mayonnaise, tweeted author Jonah Blank. Just imagine the heroic amounts of mayo this restaurant must be going through. Oh, these people are so arrogant and they don't know anything about the restaurant industry. My family, when I was young, owned a uh, restaurant slash cafe. It was, you know, we had, like, we had like sandwiches. And yes, we had big tubs of mayonnaise. You know why? Because mayonnaise isn't just for swiping on a sandwich. It's for making salad dressings, tuna salad, chicken salad. You got ranch dressing, need mayonnaise. You want to bake certain things, a recipe calls for mayonnaise. So yes, you use a lot of mayonnaise. The other question is, did they ask themselves the capacity of this restaurant? Because even if a restaurant was using 250 gallons per week, I'd simply say, I don't know, what's the capacity? A thousand people? If it's a big, big restaurant, like a thousand people is a lot. I'd imagine that, you know, they're probably going through a lot. But people not only put mayonnaise on their sandwiches, in their salads, they dip their French fries in it, and they make ranch dressing with this stuff. And yet Biden refuses to open the strategic mayonnaise reserve. Vox's Aaron Rupar says, what designer drug is mayonnaise code for? Ruparing is a, is a slang term for misrepresenting information for some, you know, or, or that's basically it. That's what he does. Sentiment echoed by another Twitter user. You aren't supposed to inject it directly into your vein. It's really, really amazing. Republican lawmakers have interpreted the jump in consumer prices as a sign inflation is spiking. Here's the funny part. The Independent and the Huffington Post. Here's the Huffington Post. Republican attempts to smear Biden over mayonnaise gets creamed on Twitter. How much mayo can one restaurant use in a week anyway? I don't know, uh, Ed Maza. How about you call the restaurant and ask them? It took me all but two seconds to call or to find the Sherwood, the best neighborhood restaurant. Look at this burger. Absolutely looks incredible. I got to say, I pull up this restaurant. Food looks fantastic. If I'm, ever in, if I'm, if I'm ever in uh, North Carolina, in the Winston-Salem area, I'll definitely uh, come down to Sherwood and, and, and take a look. I made a phone call. I decided to make a phone call to the restaurant. Their, their, their information is available on their website and ask them about this news story. What I was told by John, who said he was one of the partners, and he was more than happy to talk to me about everything. He said they have per week 10 buckets of mayonnaise, five gallons each. It is used in all of their dressings as well as other recipes. The restaurant's capacity is 250. That means at one time for one meal, there may be 250 people in the restaurant. Now, I don't think they sell out every seat all the time, but sometimes restaurants have wait periods, right? You ever go to a restaurant and they're like, it's going to be a 15 minute wait because their chairs are full. I can certainly imagine the Sherwood has those periods and there's probably a low time and a high time. So all in all, let's average it down and say about 150 people might be eating in that restaurant at one moment. So they're using 50 gallons of mayonnaise per week. That doesn't surprise me. How much dressing do they need to make? Thousand Island uh, or ranch or whatever. I don't know mayonnaise recipes, but you might do aiolis or something like that. What kind of different dips do you have? Do you have Chipotle ranch? They need to make a, a decent amount of that. Not to mention, they put mayonnaise on all their sandwiches, probably. They put mayonnaise, uh, they make tartar sauce, I could imagine, probably use mayonnaise for that. He said, each bucket used to be about $18, and now it's $36. He said, quote, someone must be trolling us. I guess he was saying that they gave that quote like a month ago. And what he, what he, what he said was simple. He said to me specifically, it used to be about $18 to $22 for a five-gallon bucket. 
Now it's about 36. So, I mean, you do the math. It's 10, 10 buckets times, you know, about 18 or whatever. So you're, you're getting close to about 200 bucks. The number was, you know, basically rounding up. He told me the media must have latched onto the mayo thing. He said they have seen beef double. Chicken is up 40 to 50 percent of inflation is hitting them across the board. And what does the establishment say? It's due to it, the, 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 the price is going up. It just means it's working. It just means it's working. You know, gas prices are at six dollars in like SF or whatever, getting close to it. And uh, gas prices are up like 30, 40, 40 I think 42 percent of the past year. That just means it's working. I love that mentality. No regular people can see through this. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Regular people are blaming Joe Biden for this. And I'll tell you why. Labor shortages exacerbated by giving people free money, nearly $16 an hour not to work. Why would someone walk away from that? And I hear from the left, they say, well, companies should pay more money. But if you are getting $16 an hour, you have free time to walk the forests and smell the flowers. And I appreciate and respect that. Why give that up to go work a job for any amount of money? If you have the food you need and you don't have to pay rent because of an eviction moratorium, why would you go and do something you don't want to do? It's really that simple, isn't it? Now, I don't necessarily blame people, but I kind of do. You got to be responsible for, for yourself, you know. But if you're telling all the people who live in these apartments, don't pay rent, so what, you can't be evicted? Then what do they spend money on? Going out with their friends, eating food, and then not having to work. That, I believe, is making things substantially worse and causing inflation. Resources are being extracted from the system. It doesn't matter if demand goes up or down. Demand can stay where it is, but supply will continue to drop. Prices will continue to rise. It is a basic function of economics. Now we're going to see gas prices go up because the labor crisis hits truck drivers. And you, you probably heard me talk about it all in my, in my segment yesterday. But it's remarkable to me <clears throat> that you can have people like Aaron Rupar. They don't do any fact checking. They just immediately come out and say, ha, there's no way a restaurant can use that much mayonnaise. I know it's silly, right? Tim Pool, get to the bottom of the great mayonnaise conspiracy. I have to do it. It's the perfect example of what's wrong with the news. How much mayo can one restaurant use in a week anyway? I don't know, Huffington Post. Did you ask anyone? Because I called the guy, I talked to him, and I was like, 250, that's kind of a bit. And I was like, so you actually go through this stuff quite quite quickly. I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, you get a lot of people who will ask for a side of mayo or whatever, and they won't finish it. So you're constantly using the mayonnaise. I guess the, the scary thing is he mentioned that he was serving a six piece chicken meal and 
someone, uh, you know, like he was talking to the guy, I guess, and they asked, they, I, I can't remember who he said he was talking to, but they said, you know how much that costs you to serve that meal? And he said to me, he's like, man, I really don't want to know. And they said 75 cents per chicken piece. And he charges $6 for the dish. So I'm like, so you're losing money on this one. He's like, yeah, we're probably losing money on it because you got to factor in labor costs and everything to it, not just the chicken. And he was like, but we have other things too. You know, we, we, it's, it's not our, 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 our principal like, you know, item or whatever. So I, I, I hope, I think they're doing well. He mentioned beef doubled. This is hitting, I, I, now, I don't know their political opinions. You know, that I asked the gentleman some, you know, questions on politics and he said he doesn't care to get into that stuff. It's not his thing. You know, he's just, he was just explaining what his prices were like. We can extrapolate from that. When you see the poll showing most people blame Biden, when you see Biden's policies and the impact it's having, having, you've got to be insane to deny this stuff. Regular people can see through this. The Democratic Party has a generally is, is viewed unfavorably. Now, of course, Democrats view them favorably. 87 percent. Interestingly, it was actually down to like 76 Republicans, of course, really don't like Democrats. 95% say unfavorable. And among independent voters, I find it fascinating. 59% view the Democrats unfavorably. Now, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to let the Republicans walk away from this one. The Republicans are even viewed even more unfavorably. Good. I mean, it just goes to show you the, the, the whole grifting thing, I guess, right? They accuse me of grifting. It's like, dude, if most people view Republicans unfavorably, what grift is there to, to lie and saying you're a Republican? I do not like the Republican Party either. Trump supporters don't like the Republican Party. I think they're mostly trash, but they're not the ones in power. And even when they had power in 2016, they didn't do anything with it. And over the past couple of years, I've been complaining about the Democrats because they're the ones in power. They're the ones with the, the cultural institutions. They're the ones who are uh, pushing these insane policies while the Republicans just do nothing. So I think, I think this is great, actually. I, I, I do view the Republicans extremely unfavorably. I'm mad about the Democrats and their bad policies, and it's destroying the economy, and we're watching the slow motion collapse. The Republicans are the, are the gatekeepers stopping any meaningful resistance to the failed policies. So I'm really unhappy with them. They're the ones standing at the gates. But I tell you, as it always is, it's the media, my friends. The media is the problem across the board. The New York Times, not the worst publication. They, they tend to do a lot of good basic reporting. This local uh, outlet, local outlets tend to do pretty good. And uh, I actually called and did journalism. But you see, most people are just reading the Huffington Post and other leftist uh, art, uh, outlets. Vox, for instance, getting this massive investment from, N I believe it was NBC. And Aaron Rupar putting out these opinions without doing any fact checking. Piling on. And just pushing a lie after lie after lie. Don't get me wrong. There are people on the right who do that too. But they're not being funded to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars by major institutions. They don't go on TV on NBC or CNN. They've got Fox News. They've got one place. And even Fox News is not liked very much by the populist right. I suppose you have OAN and Newsmax, but it's all substantially smaller. The Republicans have almost no power. I should say the, 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 the conservative voter base, almost no power. So I can complain about what they do when they're causing problems, but they're not for now. I disagree with a lot of conservative positions, but they're allowed to have those positions. The Democrats are lighting the economy on fire. You put Trump in and have him light the economy on fire, and I'll complain about the same things. The only problem, during Donald Trump, everybody thought the economy was doing pretty well. That's the funny thing. I can just jump back to this polling. During when Trump got elected, 
It's amazing. All of a sudden, from net, uh, net negative, negative 26, a month goes by, we get into January, Trump gets elected, and for the entirety of the Trump presidency, the economy was a net good. Isn't that amazing? 50% said the economy was good. 55 said it was good. It's incredible. And then right around the time that Joe Biden, about a month after Biden getting elected, boom, negative 61 net good. The economy now in a terrible position, according to regular people. So I can just show you this. It's amazing. We have, during the Obama years, people feeling the economy was bad. During Trump's term, the economy was good. And now into Biden's term, the economy is bad again. Surprise, surprise, I suppose. They'll try and claim, but Obama was the one who made the economy good. BS. Obama was president for two terms. If we're looking at a bad economy into a second term, and this is among independents, mind you, just to clarify, among all groups, it's still basically the same thing. So even among, even with Obama as president, I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm sick of the manipulations, okay? There's the data. Believe what you want, I suppose. And I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. A couple of weeks ago, Steve Bannon joined me on the Timcast IRL podcast. He said, come August 15th, all hell will break loose once mothers find out what these schools are doing to their children. Not just what they're teaching, like critical race applied principles, but also the masks, the the separation, the weird social anxiety. Steve Bannon was correct. Now, to the extent at which all hell does break loose, I honestly don't know. But we are starting to see some raucous behavior. We have this story from the Daily Mail. We know who you are. We will find you. Furious anti-maskers threaten Tennessee school board official over decision to reinstate face masks as COVID cases surge. Now, if you want to check out that interview with Ben, go to TimCast.com, become a member, and you can actually just use the search bar at the top and you can see the, the members only segment. Or of course, the conversation about the schools was on YouTube at YouTube.com slash TimCastIRL. The, the, uh, the website conversation we had, the members only, was more about election stuff, which... Uh, I'm not convinced he will be correct about, but hey, by all means, do the investigations, whatever. That's neither here nor there in this segment. I want to talk to you about what we're seeing with schools, because it's not just that parents are getting outraged showing up. It's that more and more restrictions are coming. From TimCast.com, California, the first state to mandate vaccines or weekly tests for teachers. Look at this photo. Look at these kids wearing masks and in these weird plexiglass little shields This is a whole new level of creepy. And I guess it's kind of scary. I I guess the question ultimately comes down to is, is COVID as bad as, as, as they, they like bad enough to warrant everything they're doing? I'll tell you this, it's worse than the flu. The mortality rate is substantially higher, but it's not like airborne Ebola or anything like that. We're not talking about like zombies. And a lot of people are saying that we're entering this period where we have to recognize COVID is going to be here. And you're going to have to get, you know, every year all the new COVID shot like the flu shot and people who choose to get it will get it. The craziest thing, I suppose, is what was the line at which we decided we would completely overhaul how we handle yearly illnesses or severe novel illnesses? You know, again, like I said, we all know if you look at the data that COVID is worse than the flu. It is not the flu. Some people like to say it's a bad flu. And I'm like, let's just separate these ideas for a second. The mortality rate is higher for COVID. But, but where was that line? That's what I'm, that's what I'm legit asking. 
Because with the flu, we say, you know, people get the flu and they die. A lot of people, a lot of times. And you can go to your Walgreens or Dwayne Reed or whatever. I don't, I don't know if Dwayne Reed does this, but they have the flu shot. And you walk in, you sit down and they'll say, this flu shot, you know, is for these particular strains and it should reduce the symptoms and all that stuff. But it was a choice. We didn't lock the stores down. And I, I, I get it. I get it. COVID is worse. So my question is, from the flu to COVID, where is the line where we were like, okay, now we're going to shut down all our businesses. We're going to mandate masks at schools. We're going to tell everyone they have to get vaccinated. Where was that line? And I'm asking that legitimately. I am not, it's not, it's not rhetorical. Like, where do you think that threshold is? And I think that's one of the questions that if we ask, we might get to better understand each other. Because for a lot of people, they probably view the flu as warranting all this stuff if they were told, you know, like, oh, no, it's dangerous. So people are dying. That what, 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 what a lot of people in the, in, the, in the mainstream establishment were saying is if it saves one life, well, a lot of things could save one life. Banning cars could save a life, I guess. Although then I suppose you'd get a lot of death from like the collapse of the economy. But well, that's kind of the point. When they locked everything down and put in all these restrictions, they don't consider the after effects because it could save one life. But how many lives are you destroying and harming by the economic collapse? More importantly, what's going to happen to these kids? My friends, we are seeing the authoritarian creep. So we'll jump into this story, but I wanted to highlight something uh, first, something I think represents what we're saying. Let's see which tweet. Here it is. Jeff Jarvis is a journalism professor. I believe he's at CUNY. I don't know if he's still there now. I, 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 I know Jeff. I've talked to him. Uh, Buzz Machine professor at CUNY, Craig Newmark, J School. He said, well, let me, let me pull up his Twitter thread and explain to you. And then we'll, and then we'll talk about what's going to happen with the parents. He said, oh, the irony of turning on Morning Joe to be scolded for scolding. I'm told I should not be angry at the unvaccinated. Well, I am. I am angry at the 50% of staff at my father's retirement home who chose not to be vaccinated. As a result, my 95-year-old fully vaccinated father got a breakthrough COVID case, spent 11 days hospitalized when we could not see or talk with him. He's deaf. And now we'll spend a few weeks in rehab because of the choice made by the unvaccinated there. You see, this is really interesting. This is the authoritarian expansion in this country from people like Jeff. It used to be that we accepted we were responsible for what happens in our lives to a great degree. If a meteor falls and lands on your house, okay, I guess I can't blame you because no one knew that was going to happen. And how do you predict a meteor slamming into a building? You don't. If you move to Tornado Alley and a tornado happens and it damages your house, yes, to a certain extent, you are responsible. I'm not going to blame you for an act of nature and I will work to help you, but you could always choose not to live there. Not everybody can, though. Not everybody has, the, has that mobility. It's difficult. As for Jeff's uh, statement on his father, either he did not check or he did not care that the people at the nursing home were 50% unvaccinated. Why is it the fault of the nursing home when individuals can choose what medication they get based on their doctor's advice? And that's what I, I always recommend you talk to a doctor. Why is it, why is it their fault, not your fault? If you truly cared about your father, and I believe he does, why? And, and, and it seems he knew the staff was not vaccinated. If he found out after the fact when his father got sick and he said, how did my dad get sick? And they said, well, half the staff is unvaccinated. Perhaps he should have checked to make sure because we've been in this pandemic now for like a year and a half. Certainly with everything we've heard about, heard about New York and nursing homes, if you were truly paying attention and responsible, you'd call up your nursing home and say, what's going on? Are your, are your staff vaccinated? And when they said no, be like, we're taking, uh, I'm taking my father out of here because I'm concerned about his health. 
Now, I, I, I empathize. I sympathize. I don't want Jeff's dad to be ill. I just don't think it's fair for him to blame everyone else when either it was unforeseen or he could have done a better job. This is the authoritarian creed in which he says you must do something so that I don't have to worry about it. That's not how the world works. I mean, I suppose with, with that mentality, we could just, I don't know, round up all the bears in the forest and lock them in a cage so that we don't have to worry about bear attacks. Or we can go and round up all the mountain lions so we don't got to worry about mountain lion attacks. That's absurd. When you go hiking, you recognize there's bears and there's mountain lions. And then there's smaller critters too. You don't want to get bit by a bat or something. That's why you wear protection. It's why you wear gloves or long sleeves. You know, there's ticks out there. Could you imagine like someone walking into the woods, getting a bunch of ticks and then suing the state being like, they should be doing something about this. Like, yo, the world exists. These things happen. You know the possibilities. You must take the actions to be responsible for yourselves. But these people are authoritarian. Jeff is upset. He's saying everyone must adhere to a strict authority structure so that I don't have to worry about it. And I say, I disagree. I think that's one of the big differences between libertarian and authoritarian. A libertarian says, I'll be responsible for myself. The authoritarian says, you must do what I say because I don't want to be responsible for what happens after the fact. Well, let's read this story and see how parents are handling this. And, ask, and we'll ask ourselves this question, is Steve Bannon correct in the long run? I think he's correct for now. We'll see if parents actually resist to any, uh, by any uh, substantial means. Because I'll tell you this, these, these, these videos... This video of this guy, they're yelling and they're screaming and they're like, you know, the cops come out. It's intense. But I'll tell you what happens when the school says, OK, you win. We'll get rid of all these restrictions once your kids are vaccinated. How many parents are going to be like, oh, OK, that's fine. Well, there you go. So it seems like this might be the big ask technique. They make life miserable. They say this is what we have to do. And then they say, well, you know what? We could remove all of these things if everyone's vaccinated. The Daily Mail reports astonishing video footage showed from the moment Tennessee anti-maskers screamed abuse and threats at officials after a school board reinstated mandatory face mask rules. One enraged looking man was filmed following an, un an unidentified man who had spoken at the Williamson County School Board meeting Tuesday night and roaring, we know who you are. You can live freely, but we will find you. Another man stood be uh, beside him was uh, filmed telling his pal to calm down before himself saying, you will never be allowed in public again to the official as he got into his car with the help of a sheriff's deputy who was escorting him. The huge mob was filmed confronting the man and other officials after the meeting concluded Tuesday amid a surge of new COVID cases in Tennessee. It saw the board vote seven to three to reinstate mask mandates for elementary school students because COVID vaccines have not yet been made available to the young. So you see how, what they're doing? Now, here's my question. Who are these, these board members? How is it that they are so at odds with the actual community? Who are these people and how do they have any of this authority? Something isn't right. There was one video from a while ago where a bunch of people went to a board meeting and then held a vote and said, those people are out, we are in. And then the city was like, no, that doesn't count. It wasn't official. So we're not going to recognize that. Who are these people? When did this country become authoritarian despotism? Who are, who, who are these board members? They do not have the authority to just do these things if the people come out and say no. But we'll see, I suppose. Will people start getting mad? I mean, people are getting mad, but I mean, like, will more people wake up to this? Another protester was filmed shouting, there's a bad place in hell for you guys. While the scores of anti-maskers gathered, joined together in a chant of will not comply. 
The Williamson County Schools Board of Education had healthcare professionals at their meeting to announce the new policy and answer questions. But it was disrupted by a group of agitated protesters who followed them into the parking lot before harassing them and surrounding their cars. One woman approached a masked individual and shouted, take that mask off as the group chanted no more masks. Now, this to me is very weird. I don't care what you do. I understand the anger over forcing kids to do things if the parents think they shouldn't. That's that's politics. Hey, you shouldn't have this policy. We, we reject it. It's another thing to walk up to a random person wearing a mask and be like, take it off. Why? Who cares? Let him wear. I don't care. A guy could walk around in a banana suit for all I care. Could you imagine like if I see a guy walking around with 12 masks, I just chuckle to myself and I'd be like, hey, whatever, man, you do your thing. I've seen double maskers and I'm just like, I don't care. Whatever. Not only that, but the frontline coalition of doctors, the, the, the people who are advocates of alternative treatments also recommend wearing masks when it comes to COVID anyway. I think if people are sick, you wear a mask. There you go. If you got a cold, you, you don't want to cough on people because of the droplets, if you get that reference. Another man yelled, you are child abusers and there's a place for you guys. There's a bad place in hell for you guys and everyone's taking notes. This, this, is, this, is, getting, this is getting crazy. Bannon told me on Timcast IRL that, you know, it, it wasn't until the women came out in, in France that, that, that the revolution actually happened. It was when society got to the point where the women in their homes were being impacted and were fed up and came out. And that's when it was like the tides had turned. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Will it be the mothers seeing their children de dejected and depressed, agitated, freaking out? Will they finally come out and scream not to my kid? I don't I honestly don't think so. I really don't. I think what will happen is once they say, OK, vaccines for kids, all these parents are going to be like, good. Not only that, I think to a great degree, many of these parents have already lost the, the, the long term battle. I think there's a lot of parents who don't care about their kids at all. If you are sending your children to institutionalized learning facilities and you don't know what the teachers are teaching them, I don't think you care about your kids. I don't. I, I've heard from parents. They say, like, what am I going to teach my kid? I don't know. Uh, you teach your kids what you do know. That's just how it goes. Or you hire a tutor or do pods. I think school choice is very, very important. And I think those advocating for school choice care about their kids a whole lot. But there are too many people who are just like, eh, go to school, whatever. See, I remember uh, I, I remember going to public school. I remember how awful it was. I remember the overwhelming majority of teachers were nasty, snide. They were they were condescending. 
And I had like two good teachers that actually treated me like an adult and with respect and like someone who was trying to learn or needed to. But schools, in my opinion, trash. And that's why I stopped going when I was 14. And then, you know, I went the autodidact route. And I just started reading things and exploring the world on my own. And I was homeschooled a little bit. I never finished high school or anything like that. And I think it's because these institutions are completely broken. As you can see with these school boards defying what the parents are, are, are telling them, they don't care what the parents think. So think about this. When you have a, when you have a child and you're, and you're saying, I want my kid to learn, you know, math. And the kid goes to school and, and learns critical race applied principles. Well, I, the school doesn't care about you. They don't care what you think. And if you're not actively paying attention to what they're doing and you just send your schools off just believing it's going to be fine, I don't think you care about your kids. I genuinely believe that. I, 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 but, but maybe it's a better way to put it. Of course, people care about their kids, but not enough to look into what their kids are being taught, who they're hanging out with and things like that. And that is troubling to me because that's how these, these lunatics actually keep gaining power. There, there are many millennials who are completely insane. They believe insane cult dogma. They, they, they lie and they cheat and they make things up. And I have seen these zealots. They are insane. I was at, uh, uh, Mike Cernovich was speaking at, um, and where was this? NYU, I think. And I was outside at a protest. And this young woman who someone pointed me out and said I was all these bad things. So this young woman went to the security and just started lying about literally anything she could say. And I was thinking to myself, like, why would she just make these things up? Why is this young person who I, I, I probably a millennial, a younger millennial, why would she just want to make things up to cause harm and hurt? Because it's all about tr- uh, adhering to the tribe, to the system, to the institutions, to the authority. So when you put your kids in these schools and they're not taught to think, they're, they're reprimanded for thinking, to be completely honest, and they are, and it's reality. Now, probably proponents of schools and teachers would say that's not true. They'll say, but school is so important. Telling a kid to shut up and sit down and stop thinking and stop being an individual and all that stuff, nah, that's, that's, not, that's not working. There are good schools. That's why school choice is so important. But here we can see what's happening is parents are finally, it, it, the, the line may be crossed. Maybe the kids are getting depressed. We've had a lot of kids commit suicide over the past year. It's horrifying. Actually, some guy that I know, he did his whole thing about how his kid took his own life during the pandemic. That is terrifying. And it's time parents wake up to this stuff. Now, Rand Paul came out and he said he was going to advocate for school choice because of the schools and their mandates. Yes. You know, so from, from the, you know, the, the, the darkness, there may be a light we can see from all of this bad. Maybe the end result will be, will be parents saying, I want to move my kid out of this school and go somewhere else. I want my tax dollars to go to what I think works. This stuff is completely broken. That's the authoritarian creep. Your kids are going to be indoctrinated by these wingnuts, these wackos. They're going to be told to shut up and fall in line or else, and many of them will do it. There's this guy, he did a video, it was funny. Uh, he went on the London Underground, and he held up a sign saying vaccine only, and he wore, wore a yellow vest, and he told everybody, this is for vaccinated people only, and people complied. Some people didn't, but only a couple people didn't. One woman was like, this can't be legitimate, you're not real, and then he was like, are you vaccinated? And she was like, that, that's none of your business. And she was filming him. But most people were just like, OK, yeah, OK. And I think the government, the governments of the world know this. They know that most people will just say, I don't care, whatever. They don't care what the end result will be. 
Now, I'm sure there's some utopian vision the authorities, uh, the, the, authority, the, the authoritarians and the authorities believe in. But man, it never really works out the way they think, does it? They always talk about this great utopian vision for society, and it always involves, I don't know, crushing the rights of the individual because you think you're smarter. There's that quote. Um, I can't remember who it was by, but it was really smart. He said something to the effect of, if these elites believe that the rabble are so dumb they need elites to guide them, then what about them puts them above other humans? Because certainly they're as fallible as any other person. I think that's a good point. These people in these meetings who are enforcing the rules that the parents clearly hate, they think they're smarter and better. Now, I'll tell you this. There are smarter people and there are dumber people, and that's a reality. But no one person is smart enough to maintain all of this system and manage it all. It's just, it's just not possible. That's why command economies like the Soviet Union do not work. That's why I think ultimately this will end up falling apart because authoritarians tend to lose. Tend to. Now, sometimes they get into power and it can last quite some time. I think the Soviet Union was, what, like 69 years, 70 years? And uh, in the U.S., we've persisted much longer, a little over a couple hundred years now, because of freedom, because of more libertarian ideals, because we are a nation of, with classically liberal ideas. I'll put it this way. Many of these countries that fall apart in the communist regimes and things like that, they don't, they, don't, they don't survive because they're rigid and authoritarian. You must adhere to the authority no matter what. And then eventually too much dissent bubbles up and the system collapses. In a country like ours, you have people constantly flicking off the government and fighting with each other figuratively. What worries me is that the authoritarianism, it's getting so rigid with things like this. This will lead to the total collapse. Why did the Soviet Union fall? For a lot of reasons, for sure. But ultimately, I think because command economies don't work. Hard authoritarianism makes uh, breeds stagnation. And then eventually people are upset and they lose confidence in the system and it falters. In the United States, individualism and decentralization breeds competition and results in a more robust system. But over the past several years, and especially into now, the U.S. government and you know, our cities and states have become more and more authoritarian, locking things down, resulting in, in things like this. Angry parents coming out, protesting out in front of schools. I don't want to say they threatened anybody, but getting awfully close to threatening people. And that's where you can see when parents say we don't want mandates. If you want your kid to wear a mask, you can have your kid wear a mask. If we don't, it shouldn't be in the schools. You see the individualism versus the authoritarianism. And what happens is the authority tries to, to, to make everything rigid. The problem, too much dissent emerges. And if there's no pressure release valve, it bursts. Which is why a republic, the R system, is very important. The left is outraged because we have minority rural rule, which is a good thing. That's why I've warned about this. If the electoral, if the electoral college were to go away, this country would fall apart in two seconds. Because I assure you, states like you know Texas, which is which is large and populous, which is you know it's 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 basically a purple state right now. But they're not going to just allow the the the, the federal government of Democrats to impose insane rules on their state. More importantly, Idaho and Montana and Wyoming. You think they're going to be like, we have zero representation in government, so we'll just keep doing what California wants. No way. You see, what happens is if California keeps setting the standard for what the U.S. does, then eventually a red state says, we don't have cities like California. We don't have terrain like California. We don't have the, the, the same problems with animals. We have bigger animals. We need firearms, things like that. But California keeps setting the standard for the entire country. And then eventually the state says, we're out. 
We're, we're no longer going to comply because your laws are making it impossible for us to live. If you live in New York City, okay, certain rules make sense. If you live in Wyoming, those same rules don't make sense. That's why we need a republic system where Wyoming actually gets some representation in the federal government, albeit not that much. Montana and these other small or less populous states. What's happening now is the Democratic Party becomes more authoritarian and enforces more edict across the country. You will start to see that fracturing. And we are. When Ron DeSantis tells Joe Biden to, to I don't want to hear a blip out of you about COVID. Joe Biden, and the federal government come out and say, here's what everyone's got to do on COVID. And Texas and Florida are like, nah. And South Dakota, obviously. There's many states. It just goes to show you that the authoritarian attempt is, is, is actually sh- sh- stripping away confidence from the government. If the federal government says, here's our recommendations, we're willing to work with anybody to make it work for them. And then Florida said, we're going to do what we want to do. If Biden was like, I get it. You're Florida. You have the right to enact things. Let us know how we can help. Imagine what would have happened. Then you get a surge in cases and they'd say, look, we can't lock down our citizens because of these laws, but we could use assistance. And they'd be like, you got it. But right now what's happening is the left is saying, no, we're not going to help you because it's your fault. You should have done everything we want. All right. Well, you know, then I look at when the hurricanes come and wipe out uh, the Gulf states. It's like, well, well, maybe it's your fault for being in a Gulf state. Why should we help you? The government should mandate hard relocations away from. No, of course not. That's insane. That's where we're going. So right now I can say this. Bannon's statement to me. The parents would, you know, lose it. Mothers would go nuts. Uh, all hell would break loose when they saw what the schools were doing to their kids. Okay, kind of vague statement uh, in the sense that to what extent will all hell break loose? We're seeing protests outside of schools and it's only August 12th. So maybe will it escalate to the point where these schools start collapsing in the sense that students are being pulled out like crazy? Maybe. And I think it's a good thing. Parents, if you're listening, put your kids in a pod, form a pod with your neighbors. And the pod is basically like, you hire a tutor, and then all the kids hang out in the classroom together with a private tutor. They get to socially interact. It's not the same as homeschooling. It's just you creating your own local private teaching system. And I think on the days off, the parents who have a day off, they should dedicate a couple hours to doing career education for these kids. Imagine this. You got seven parents, and between them, there's 14, 15 kids. You hire a tutor for all the basic stuff, math, literature, reading comprehension. But then whenever someone in the family, like whenever a parent has a day off, that dad can come in and be like, so I'm a carpenter. Let me show you what I do. And then the kids can learn carpentry and stuff a little bit, rudimentary stuff. And then you got someone who's like, I'm a coach. I'm an athlete. How cool would that be? That to me would have been the ideal learning situation for me growing up, not these institutionalized learning facilities, which may not be uh, long for this world. In, in the sense that they exist today. So there may be dramatic changes coming. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. From the Washington Times, exclusive, cyber expert says his team can't prove Mike Lindell's claims that China hacked the election. Apparently, this is one of Mike Lindell's own cyber experts. And he has he was a little bit more blunt than just saying this. He said the data was a turd and that he, had, he, was, he was tasked with turning a turd into a diamond, and that's what he thinks he did. In the story, they claim that Mike Lindell's $5 million bet, that if you could disprove his data or prove it was, it was illegitimate, you'd win $5 million. Apparently, that's off the table. This is uh, uh, aggravating. Uh, um, it, is, it is agitating. It's annoying. Because we know what happened last year. They wrote an article about it. Time magazine, how the, sh- the shadow campaign to save the 2020 election. 
They used every, every, what did we see? We saw voting in the park. We saw the Republicans in Pennsylvania in, in the year before the election enact illegal, or I should say unconstitutional, mass mail-in voting. We saw mass mail-in voting. We saw ballot harvesting schemes. And we know because they told us in, in, in the Time Magazine article, it was elements of the Republican Party along with the Democrats desperately trying to stop Donald Trump. They're still engaging in the same exact tactics today with H.R. 1. And it is frustrating because this, in my opinion, with Mike Lindell, I believe Mike Lindell, Sidney Powell, and what I think they were taken for a ride. And I think it's distracted everybody from the real issue of, of, of the voting system. Look what's happening in Texas. The real battle. Democrats fled the state to illegally block voter reform. That's the battle. Not this claims about Venezuela and China. We went through this with the Democrats talking about Russia. You've got to sit. Look, okay, let me slow down. I want to I want to read the story and talk about what the experts are saying. Mike Lindell, the MyPillow guy, he's doing a cyber symposium where he, they, they said they're going to bring out the evidence. Apparently in their opening video, they didn't. And they should have. Even Steve Bannon said, you got to show the receipts in this stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to see an investigation. I, I actually want audits of these five states because our country is split. And we need to, as Will Chamberlain said this the other day on Tim Castile, the goal of an election is to convince the losers that they lost and to participate. And if you have a third of Republicans believing Trump could still be reinstated and a large portion believing, you know, these theories, we need to do the work to gain the confidence back and prove. Now, it is a problem, in my opinion, that there's resistance to the audits. That there was, uh, I believe, something happened in Colorado with like a raid on some whistleblower or something to that effect. Yeah, I don't trust any of these people. But what I think this is, is a distraction. You know why? Imagine if, if Mike Lindell put $5 million into lobbying for voter reform, voter ID. They desperately do not want people of means like Mike Lindell to do that. Instead, they got him to hire a bunch of companies and put on the symposium and make a bunch of statements that to a regular person seem completely outlandish, discrediting himself to a lot of people, whether you whether you think he's right or wrong. I tell you this, you go up to a regular person and you say the things that Mike Lindell said, and they're going to think you're nuts. It's very difficult to reach regular people, especially those who only watch CNN. But I think the real issue is, you know, you know what, let me let me just let me just get to the, to the news and then we'll rant later. Dominion sued Mike Lindell, and he initially said he was glad because it would give him access to evidence in discovery. But then he filed a motion to dismiss that lawsuit, which is strange to me. Why? Why would you be like, good, sue me. I'll take you to discovery and then we'll get to the bottom of this. File a motion to dismiss. And the judge said, no, you will not get this lawsuit dismissed. They're moving forward. I think there's some good here. I really do. I didn't realize I should have known, should have thought about it. That our voting systems, our machines, have proprietary code. We don't actually know how the machine works. Now, we should be, we should be, be able to have transparency. We, de- we demand transparency in our elections. So if anything comes out of this, if it results in voting machines that have open and transparent source code, I believe that will be a very, very good thing, and I will be happy it happened. But I will say as well, even with the source code, 
so long as Democrats keep attacking voter integrity and the media covers for them, claiming that Republicans are trying to suppress voters, you will be we will all lose. And I don't mean Republicans. I mean this country. You cannot survive with centralized one party rule. We need we, we need a balance and two party ain't enough, but it's better than one party. But now we're drifting away from that because people are wrapped up in stuff like this. Now, let me tell you, the Washington Times is not a, a, a leftist publication. They're conservative. OK, maybe they're establishment Republicans. Fine. But NewsGuard says proceed with caution. It's a conservative daily national newspaper owned by the Unification Church, published unsubstantiated claims, including about COVID-19. This is one of the papers that the, the mainstream tries telling you is fake news. And they're coming out and saying that the cyber expert can't prove Mike Lindell's claims. OK, OK, NewsGuard, if you say they're fake news, I'll believe you. It's not it's fake news then, right? No, I think often I've the, the, the Washington Times used to actually be rated positively. I think the reality is a lot of people believed for a long time, a lot of stuff without seeing hard proof. Are there anomalies? Yeah. The bellwether counties that flipped, very strange. But we also had mass migration and exodus due to COVID. And I said that last year. We don't know how it will affect the election that people were fleeing all of these cities. And I said, maybe it'll be good for Republicans in Congress because it will dilute Democrat vote as they expand outward. Maybe that's why Republicans did so well in Congress. Here's the story from The Washington Times. The cyber expert on the red team hired by MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell now says the key data underpinning the theory that China hacked the 2020 election unveiled at the cyber symposium is illegitimate. Mr. Lindell said he had 37 terabytes of irrefutable evidence that hackers, who he said were backed by China, broke into election systems and switched votes in favor of President Biden. The proof, he said, is visible in intercepted network data or packet captures that were collected by hackers and could be unencrypted to reveal that a cyber attack occurred and that votes were switched. But cyber expert Josh Merritt, who is on the team hired by Mr. Lindell to interrogate the data for the symposium, told the Washington Times that packet captures are unrecoverable in the data and that the data as provided cannot prove a cyber incursion by China. When they published this hash code data stuff, I did not rely on CNN. I have many friends who are prominent hackers. Many of my friends who are hackers are absolutely not leftists. They're more libertarian, anti-establishment types. I said, what do you make of this? And they said, there is nothing here. That's what they told me. There's nothing. There's nothing in it. I was like, what does that mean? It's nothing. It's just, it's just regular packet data. There's nothing. There's nothing anomalous. There's just nothing. And I was like, huh, interesting. I believe that Trump got oceans 11. That's that's how I always describe it. And what I mean by that is right now you're hearing this big story about what may have happened. And it's like it's like an oceans 11. You know, they, the SWAT comes in. They think they're being robbed. But you actually got robbed on Tuesday. That's the point. Democrats won the election because throughout the past year, they engaged in mass activism, changing of voter laws, along with Republicans. Mind you, the establishment worked very hard. But while all of that was going on, where 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 were uh, the the, 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 the Trump base, the populists, they didn't see it coming. And then when the election happened, they were surprised. And now you have these claims about fraud, when in reality, it's like you got Mike Lindell being like, I know what happened. And then cue the cutscene where it shows a bunch of Democrats going, Haha, here's what we really did. And then the Time magazine published an article explaining what they did. 
Are there anomalies? Yes, I've said it before. Should there be investigations? 100%. Are there potential? Uh, there, there have been several instances where they found like double counted ballots or adjudicated ballots. Investigate all of it. But this idea of mass voter fraud, I believe, was always the red herring because it's, it's a distraction. It's a complete distraction. I've looked at the evidence from, from Matt Brainerd. I think there's good reason to investigate a lot of this stuff. I think there's good reason to, to uh, have questions about what occurred. But I think the stuff that they've been putting out with, with Chinese hacking and stuff. Let me put it this way. I believe that Donald Trump lost for a couple of reasons. Because of COVID, entertainment was shut down. People who normally just engage in tribal sportsmanship their sport team and things like that. We're now focused on politics. There's, there are people I know who have no business in politics. As I told Bannon, I said, they're dumb as a box of rocks. You, 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 you could ask them who's, you know, uh, who's Brett Kavanaugh. And they'd be like, huh? Brett Kavanaugh, come on, he's in the news? Supreme Court. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, they don't know. And they were posting videos of themselves filling out their ballots for Biden and, and, and dropping them in the mailbox. These people don't know what it means to vote down ballot. They don't know what Democrat and Republican, they just know Biden, Trump bad, Trump bad, Biden, Biden. So what I think happened was it was an Ocean's Eleven thing. Mass mail-in votings, uh, changing the rules, voting in the park, ballot harvesting and stuff throughout the year prior, all within the rules of each key area. Although in some instances, there there were lawsuits that were effectively just stopped on procedural grounds, which again is part of the problem. It It was Trump getting Ocean's Eleven. And I, I genuinely believe it's possible Biden got those votes. I, I wonder if it's because many of these conservatives don't know liberals and don't know city folk like they're more, they're less likely to. So they don't understand how that could have happened. But when I saw my skateboarder friends posting videos being like, I'm voting, I was like, wow, these are people I would beg to get involved in politics. And they'd be like, shut up, man, I don't care. And all of a sudden now they're voting. Yikes. But I want to point something out, too. Here's you got to consider. Cyber expert says his team can't prove Mike Lindell's claims that China hacked the election. Okay, that doesn't mean that there, there's nothing here. No, I'm in favor of the audits and investigation. I think we need confidence restored in the system for regular Americans who don't trust what's happening. They sh- uh, you, you come to me and you, you tell me that you think there's fraud and all stuff. I'm going to tell you I disagree. I told Joe Biden, I, I'm, <laughs> I told Steve Bannon that I thought Joe Biden won in the way I just described it. And that's in the, and that's in the in the Timcast private members only segment with with where I'm, I have no fear of censorship. I I genuinely just think a lot of people you, they see these dots, they see these anomalies, and this would have explained before. You got to be careful about conspiracy theories. Is that someone will see a dot and they'll connect the dots and then be like, aha, here's an image, not realizing there's many many more dots they're missing. Many many more dots. For instance, like mass exodus from cities, how that impacted bellwether counties. People were dying and people were leaving because of COVID. But again, again, okay, you know, look, look, look. To all those people who are staunch defenders of Lindell and, and want, you know, to see what they want, they're, they're, they they true believers, by all means, by all means, comment, you tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. I'm just saying by all, when they come out with the evidence, I'll look at it. And, I'll, and, and, I, and I have, I looked at tons and tons of it. And I will say I am in favor of investigations and audits. I just think ultimately what we would get out of it is, I don't know, some kind of confidence, maybe. I mean, maybe people are right. Sure. I just don't think so. Check this out. I'll tell you what, re- what I find really fascinating. The Gateway Pundit says, interesting timing. 
One of Mike Lindell's cyber experts waited until this week to bail on China hack theory and speak to reporters. He spoke to the Washington Times, conservative, not not leftist mainstream media. So what what is this? Now now I want I, I want to make sure I'm 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 I, look I'm I want to be fair, all right. I require evidence before moving forward. I do not just believe that there is good and evil and therefore one is right or wrong. I say, look, I get it. Show me the evidence. Newsweek says, quote, this is a mistake. Steve Bannon slams Mike Lindell's symposium for not proving voter fraud. This is a manipulation. And so is the other article to an extent. Or at the very least, I want to make sure we clarify for people what's really being said. You're cruising down the highway. Windows rolled down. Tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. Visit now. Steve Bannon did not slam the entirety of the symposium. As far as I understand, he was talking about the opening video to the symposium, which did not provide evidence. Newsweek says right wing media figure Steve Bannon has slammed my, my, my pillow CEO Mike Lindell's cyber symposium for failing to present evidence that actually proves Lindell's long touted claims. Bannon, who served as the White House chief strategist, we get it. Quote, I think this is a, is a mistake. Bannon, in his Wednesday broadcast, speaking about the symposium's replaying of a 15-minute film that had already been shown earlier in the event, I want to be brutally frank. I think there's so much work to get through the day. It's not now. Uh, it's now time to really get it to the details. You've laid a theory of the case that is very powerful, but in laying the case out, you've got to bring the receipts. The phrase "bring the receipts" is slang for show the proof. He's specifically talking about a video they showed, and he's basically saying, "Get to the point." I don't think he's slamming Mike Lindell. He was up on stage with him, I'm pretty sure. And to be fair, Bannon's podcast is called The Receipts Are Being Shown. If Bannon had concerns, I believe it was about just the 15-minute film. But this is how the media plays games with you. My friends, please, be more skeptical of everyone and everything. The problem of tribalism, I tell you. Check this out. From the Wall Street Journal, back on February 22nd, Dominion sues MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell over election claims. The voting machine maker's lawsuit alleges defamation, seeking, seeks more than $1.3 billion in damage. All right, here we go. In an interview Monday, Mr. Lindell said he was, quote, very, very happy to learn of the lawsuit. I have all the evidence on them, he said. Now this will get disclosed faster. All the machine fraud and the attack on this country. Dominion's lawsuit accuses Lindell of repeatedly and falsely alleging that algorithms and Dominion's voting machines had stolen votes from Mr. Trump. It said he had undertaken a marketing campaign for the pillow company based on his support of Mr. Trump and the former president's claims the election had been stolen from him. Mike Lindell said he was happy he was being sued. Perhaps he was just saying that because he was in a weak position, but because at some point after, Mike Lindell filed a motion to dismiss. Why? 
If you're happier being sued because you'll get access to discovery, why try and stop discovery? Perhaps it's because he's not being forthright with people. Now, look, I think my pillow's great. I got a bunch of my pillow stuff. I got a my pillow. I got my pillow towels and slippers. They're actually really comfortable. The towels are are are, are I would say medium. Like they're not overly fluffy, like wearing a rug, but they're pretty good. I, I think they're fantastic. And uh, the slippers, wow, really, really great slippers. But Mike Lindell said he was happy he was being sued and then tried to get the lawsuit dismissed. Why would he say these things? They're contradictory. Again, people might be like, oh, he's just, it's strategy and whatever. It's like, that's fine. But if he really believes he's telling the truth, why would he try to get the suit dismissed? No, no, for real. The truth is an affirmative defense if you're sued for defamation. If Mike Lindell truly believed that his information was, was legit, then he could have been like, sue me. And then at court be like, boom, there's the evidence. Even like, look, what he's proposing at the symposium, he could just been like, bring it on. We'll just show you everything we're showing at the symposium and we'll do it in court. That would be perfect. Imagine this. We have been we, we have been outraged over the, the dismissal of lawsuits in the in the election due to procedural grounds. Now, Mike Lindell is being handed an opportunity to be in a courtroom to definitively state, show all of his evidence. And he said no to that. Well, he'll get his opportunity now. The other thing, too, is that I don't I don't know if this guy speaks for um Mike Lindell, they say, Mr. Mr. Merritt's break from Lindell accelerated the unraveling of the MyPillow uh, conspiracy theory that he said would reverse the outcome of the election. Mr. Lindell delayed a scheduled unveiling of his evidence on Wednesday at the symposium. I, yeah, but wasn't that? Oh, interesting. That was that was Wednesday, huh? He had offered five million dollars to any person in attendance who can disprove his claims. The offer is no longer on the table, Mr. Merritt said. Now, I don't know if Merritt speaks for Lindell in that regard, but I'll, I'll, I got no problem waiting. It's one more day. I'll wait until afterwards. This is what we're seeing now. I don't necessarily trust the media. But regardless of any of this, I just need you guys to ask yourself this question. No, I, I, I get it. Look, the, 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 true, the, the true supporters of Trump, they don't like me. Um, it's funny, the left tries claiming I'm like a big Trump person. And it's like Trump people aren't the biggest fans of me. <laughs> like we, I got an email from someone saying that I was being disrespectful to, you know, like longtime fans or whatever. And I'm like, guys, I'm not going to lie to you. If you are, if you are in the group that believes this stuff, I am going to try and, and explain to you the world as I see it to the best of my abilities. The last thing I want is for you to be distracted and manipulated and controlled. Mike Lindell, I think was taken for a ride. I mean, the, the, the court case thing to me is truly incredible. Uh, the Hill says a federal judge in D.C. on Wednesday rejected requests from Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell that he dismiss lawsuits from Dominion voting systems against the three. The ruling pertains to defamation suits that Dominion filed. The ruling by U.S. District Judge Carl Nichols, a Trump appointee, swept aside the initial claims put forth by the defendants for why the suits should be tossed from arguments that their alleged statements were legally protected opinions or were otherwise made without malicious intent to claims that the D.C. court lacked jurisdiction to hear the case. Why get it dismissed if you genuinely believe you have a right to do it? If, if under, under the opinion thing, I, I guess. But you were handed a golden ticket, Mike. They were like, we uh, imagine desperately trying to, to, you know, imagine, imagine you're this, this boxer and you're really, really good. And you know that you can be the world champ if only they'd give you a chance. But you're not recognized. You haven't earned enough points. 
you haven't you haven't fought enough fights and you're like, now's my time. Now's my prime. If I could just fight the champ today, I'd win. And then the champ says, I'll fight you. I'll fight you right now. You think you're better than me? We'll, we'll do an exhibition. We'll go outside and, and we'll, 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 we'll make a big thing. We'll do a big event. No, I don't want to fight. Wait, what? You threw down the gauntlet, dude. Now you don't want the fight. He brought it to you. He gave you the arena you've so been looking for. And they gave it away. Now, they say if Dominion's legal effort proves successful, it would further undercut the unfounded narrative published by Trump and many others. Look, I think we've got problems in this country as it pertains to our elections. But I think you got people looking in the wrong place and it's perfect. A third of Republicans potentially, um, or whatever the amount is, I think it's like more than half that believe this stuff, are not involved in the key fight. Or, or they, I mean, they are. We need voter reform. Very serious, serious voter reform. We need narrative. We need culture. And this is a distraction. Check out this video. Dan Crenshaw gets heckled at a fundraising event for saying the 2020 election wasn't stolen. Don't kid yourself into believing that's why we lost. Five different states, hundreds of thousands of votes. You're kidding yourself. I'll tell you the real conspiracy. The establishment knew that they needed a distraction after the election to keep everybody wrapped up for a year. And so they purposefully made these anomalies. And now instead of actually challenging people on the, on the rules of the elections that were manipulated, they've got people watching the MyPillow guy at a symposium. No disrespect to Mike Lindell. I think, if, again, if, if in the end, what ends up happening is that we get open source software. I think that'd be a good thing. I mean, uh, Dominion's probably gonna lose a, lot, lose a lot of money and they may end up winning this one. I can't explain away anomalies. I think there were, there were many, and that's why I believe there should be an audit. But why is it now that we're into August? Almost a year later, one state. What about Nevada and Georgia and Michigan and Wisconsin? Where, why didn't they immediately do a hard audit in all of these states? I mean, Republicans control them, don't they? I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what it, I, I don't know what's true. And that, that's ultimately the thing. I'm not going to draw a conclusion. Do I have my opinions? Yeah, I think a lot of this stuff is just people being taken for a ride. The guy in this video says he has the evidence, that he's seen it. He has so much proof. And I'm like, I just wish people would publish it. And I get people emailing me being like, here's all the proof. And it's like, I've seen all of this. Proof and anomalies are different. Circumstantial evidence is different. Like, for instance, they're like, how could all the bellwether counties be wrong? And I'm like, that's a really good point. Mass exodus from major cities. It can be explained, in which case... I say we investigate these counties. That's that's fair, 100%. It's a compromise. I'll be like, I think it's I think it's there's easily easy, easy explanations, but I want you to feel comfortable, so I want you to have your audit and have your investigation by all means. I think it's a problem. Then, I think the Democrats uh, are blocking this. I think they're doing it on purpose because they're keeping everyone distracted from the real fight. Time Magazine published the article, the shadow campaign. They explained exactly what they did with activists and law changing and fortifying the election and all that stuff. They changed the rules. They made it easier to vote. They did mass mail-in voting. There was ballot harvesting. Come on. I think people are getting wrapped up in this stuff, and it's a bummer. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know why the cybersecurity expert comes out. Even Gateway Pundit's pointing out that, that Mike Lindell's expert came out and is rejecting his claims. Take it all with a grain of salt. I think we need to, we, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. I really don't. I think we're in crazy world. The economy's in shambles. Biden's a, a maniac. He's destroying our economy. It's all bad stuff. This stuff doesn't help, but I got to be honest. 
This is why I'm not leading the charge and I'm not going to run for office. I'm not going to be a politician because I got no idea what to tell people. I have no idea. All I can say is this. Build culture. Have kids. Teach them your values. Inspire people to, to be free and understand what liberty really means. That's the easiest and best thing we can do. And that's probably why they're so scared of me in the establishment. They're scared that I'm building this company with no major elites, like no elites are putting it's all me and you guys as members, right? It's, it's a grassroots effort. That's scary. That's a real populist movement of regular people putting putting memberships into this stuff. They can't have that. Here's the other scary thing. Why, why are they writing these hit pieces about me now? Oh, could it be that we did not decide to launch 10 more political podcasts could it be that we're making a vlog with chickens and fun and skateboarding and roller sk- and rollerblading and backflips and just inspirational stuff for young people? Uh-oh, but it's a Gadsden flag. Could it be that the building of culture and inspiring people to believe in their freedom and individuality and their personal responsibility is more dangerous to them? I think so. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out. And to everybody, like, all of this is possible because of you guys. There's no billionaires behind this. It's just you as members at TimCast.com helping make what I do possible. And for that, I am eternally grateful, and I will continue to do my best. I'll see you on the next segment.